if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. It's eight minutes after nine o'clock as we get underway on this Tuesday, the 25th morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Peter Kersenow will be joining me one hour from now. Looking forward to a great conversation with Pete on a host of issues, not the least of which you already heard Pete um, uh, opine upon on Friday's program when he sat in for me, and that, would have, that, of course, would be the hearings that were held in the House over reparations for slavery. Uh, I did not get a chance to talk to Pete about that, obviously, as he sat in for me, so I'm looking forward to doing that today. We will also discuss concentration camps at our southern border, at least according to the radical, wild, extremist American left. Comparisons to Nazi concentration camps at which Jews were held and then exterminated. Um, yeah, uh, that's what they're doing. And uh, Holocaust survivors, Holocaust museum uh, curators, and all of those who are associated with the history of Never Again uh, are calling on the Holocaust comparers to knock it off. There is nothing that can compare to what happened, of course, then. So Pete and I will talk about that, as well as the top story of the day, which, of course, is immigration. You know, Nancy Pelosi is in a very tough position. First of all, she's awful at her job. That's a tough thing to be. Uh, she's awful at her job, but moreover, even when she does have an, an inkling of maybe doing the right thing and trying to assist with the problems that are going on at our southern border because our system is so extraordinarily overwhelmed by uh, migrants coming up to the United States, not from Mexico and not just from the Triangle of Nations in Central America, but truly from all over the world. Uh, hundreds of Africans, hundreds of people from the Middle East, hundreds of Europeans. They're all coming to the Triangle of Nations down there with Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala, and they're using Mexico as a land bridge just to get to the United States. Mexico is stepping up. Mexico is actually doing something to assist. We just got this story yesterday. Mexico's government is sending 15,000 troops to the border. That would be their northern border. That would be our southern border in order to stop them from crossing over. Because once they cross over, our troops are useless. Because what these people are doing, as we know, is finding Border Patrol agents and turning themselves in. 
because they know the rules. They know they ought to be held for 20 days maximum and then be released into the uh, United States to disappear into the ether and never be heard from again, unless, of course, they do bad things, and then we hear from them in terrible ways. So um, the government of Mexico is stepping up. They're doing what the president asked them to do. No, they're doing what the president demanded they do by way of the threat of tariffs. The same threat of tariffs that were that was routinely and roundly criticized by Democrats and Republicans alike, saying the president can't do that, the president shouldn't do that, is getting results. 15,000 troops to try to keep those masses, those hordes, away from the southern border. So that's part of the story. Now back to Nancy Pelosi, as noted. She's in a tough position here. Even when she has an inkling of doing the right thing, such as, I don't know, trying to get her uh, caucus and her, you know, the Democrat um, a majority to pass emergency border funding, four and a half billion dollars to uh, uh, provide better access to uh, to facilities down at the southern border that will ease the overcrowding which, of course, has led to the criticism of the quote-unquote horrific conditions, the concentration camp conditions, et cetera, et cetera. So she is trying to do her part in this uh, because she's, you know, her hand has kind of been forced. But the problem, of course, is that her party will not allow her to do that. They can't even get this thing to the House floor for a vote. Her or Members of her party are insisting on any border emergency border funding to relieve the overcrowding on the people that they themselves are complaining about, saying that the the, uh, conditions are so deplorable there, they're so unacceptable, uh, they're 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 almost a violation of of, of uh, you know uh, of, of treaties. They're literally saying that it's cruel and unusual punishment that is being imposed upon prisoners uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, they won't allow this to happen without, of course, getting amnesty, without getting something else in exchange for providing, as if this is something President Trump wants to do, as if he wants to just spend four and a half, four and a half billion dollars on all of these things. He would prefer that it not be there. Conservatives, Republicans in the House, in the Senate, would prefer that they not be there. They would prefer that the Democrat-led House pass some sort of asylum law, changes to the asylum laws claiming that you are that uh, that allow people to just come into the United States and claim I'm being persecuted in my home country. You have to let me in. And then, of course, the backlog uh, for adjudication of these uh, claims is is astronomical. That we don't want that to happen. We don't want that to continue. But the Democrats essentially do. They want it to continue because, A, it makes the administration look bad, especially if children, let me say this clearly, I'm not misspeaking here. If children die in custody of Border Patrol, Customs and Border Patrol, who are being detained down there on the border because of the overwhelming crush of humanity that we cannot possibly deal with in a safe and sanitary way, If children die in our custody, Democrats like it. Let me say that again for clarity. I am not misspeaking. Democrats can use that to their advantage. Every time it happens because of an illness, a sickness, something that cannot be treated, especially if it, you know, was something that was manifesting itself since before they left for their journey to the United States, and in many cases, this is what's happening despite best medical efforts of the teams on the ground 
uh, at our border, at those detention facilities, at the medical facilities, despite their very best efforts, if they can't save the lives of these children, Democrats think, yes, let's exploit the living daylights out of this. Let's paint the administration as being this, you know, this sadistic, cruel uh, organization that has built a house of horrors for these young kids who are being detained on the border. This is what they want. You understand? This is what they want. That's why they're trying to torpedo any funding bill to fix the facilities down there to expand the bed space. They're, they 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 will not pass that funding bill clean. They want to make sure they get something in it because they know the White House would veto it if it's amnesty. And guess what? Brings me to my lead story. The White House threatened late yesterday to veto a $4.5 billion House bill that would provide emergency funding at the border over concerns that legislation in its current form lacks certain funding and includes provisions thrown in by Democrat lawmakers, quote, that would make our country less safe. In the statement issued by the White House on Monday Monday night, the administration warned that the bill would be vetoed this week if it passed. After ignoring the administration's request for desperately needed funding to address the humanitarian crisis at the border for over a month, and despite the efforts of the House minority, the Republicans, the House majority, has put forward a partisan bill that underfunds necessary accounts and seeks to take advantage of the current crisis by inserting policy provisions that would make our country less safe. Some of the provisions added by the demon rats include measures that withhold funding from detention centers at the border. The push to pass the bill comes as reports of child deaths after being detained at the border continue to grow. Again, more dead kids at the border equals more Democrat leverage. They love it. They don't care about those kids. You think they care about these migrant kids who have been dragged across the border or sold across the border or rented to cross the border to allow adults to get into the country more easily because they claim family connection to the child, even though a significant portion of them fail DNA tests, meaning that they do not have DNA blood relation to these children because they are either being kidnapped, sold, or dragged, or whatever the case might be. They don't care about these kids. If they did, they would rewrite the asylum laws. So when these kids die, Democrats don't care. In fact, like I said, they see political opportunity and they seize it. Customs and Border Protection Chief Operating Officer John Sanders told the AP last weekend children have died after being in the agency's care. He said Border Patrol stations are holding 15,000 people in facilities built for 4,000. And it's our fault. It's Trump's fault. It's the administration's fault. It's those of us who support, I don't know, sovereignty, borders, safety, security. It's our fault there are 15,000 people in uh, uh, holding centers with a maximum capacity of 4,000. Yeah, our fault that these quote-unquote concentration camps exist. My friends... The people on the Democrat side of the aisle in Washington, D.C. are not good people. They're not good humans. 
They would rather see people starve, people get sick, and people die than pass some legislation that would limit and would disincentivize those who are coming from the other side of the border, from the other side of Mexico's southern border, and in some cases from the other side of the world. They would rather they would rather allow these people to keep coming by keeping the asylum laws the way that they are because it makes the United States uh, or excuse me, the uh, Trump administration look terrible. And eventually they feel like they will have all of the leverage to grant citizenship to these people. And then they will remind them who got you here and who let you in and who got you citizenship. You vote Democrat the rest of your lives. And they have then a monopoly and a hold on the United States for the foreseeable future. That is the end game, my friends. Do not mistake it for anything else. It's 19 minutes after 9 o'clock. We're back right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 924, we continue. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Peter Kirsten now coming our way at... um, attorney denise harley is going to be joining us to talk about another case of discrimination against people who simply want to uh, uh take advantage of the liberties that have been granted to them by first god and second by the u.s constitution and how special agendas and political agendas are continuing to attack our freedoms so we're going to talk to uh, denise harley about that case coming up in about nine thirty-five. back to the story about the White House threat to veto anything that the first of all the Democrats can't even get it to a bill or to the to a, to the floor for a vote. Second of all, if they do, Republicans are put into an unworkable and untenable situation because if they vote against this bill, which of course is going to be filled with Democrat um, uh, policies and priorities such as amnesty, if they if they vote against it. They will then be accused of voting against funding to relieve the, the overcrowding and the overwhelming crush of humanity at our southern border. The emergency funding that is being requested, which should be a standalone bill. They'll be re- uh, required, essentially, uh, to vote for this, or else they're going to be called uh, facilitators of the abuse of children at the border. Right? That's how they're framing this and phrasing this. And if they vote uh, for it, of course, then we will be angry and say, how can you vote for amnesty? That's the that's the there's 15,000 people down there border patrol stations uh uh holding uh, that are built for 4,000. So here's the the problem for Pelosi and her part of this. It's unclear when and if the bill might get a vote again. Like I said, it's tough to to bring this up right now. But even if the Senate is ready to proceed with its own version, liberal Democrats want provisions to strengthen protections for migrant children. They challenged uh, uh, the Trump's border uh, policies. They met on Capitol Hill late yesterday to try to reach a compromise, came up with nothing. Asked before the meeting about concerns that Democrats push for perfection might result in inaction at the border. Representative Kelly Bundio-Cortez uh, called it a delicate situation. Of course, she had to consult one of her aides for uh, that uh, uh, three-syllable word, delicate, uh, to be able to pronounce it. Afterward, she appeared to have left the door open saying, "My man, why is anybody asking this freshman bubblehead anything? Seriously, media? You got hundreds of Democrats in that caucus that are part of the House majority. And why are you going to this bubble-headed bartender and asking her anything? Seriously. 
If she has something to say, she'll do it while she's freaking out over her garbage disposal in a Twitter video, all right? If she has anything to say, she'll do it while she's making chili or while she's dancing on a roof or something uh, something else that makes her look like what she is. Uh, a moron. My main goal, said Kelly Bundy O'Cortez, is to keep kids from dying before calling the humanitarian bill a short-term measure. Okay, if you want to keep kids from dying, pass the $4.5 billion um, emergency humanitarian aid package and clean that's it free of anything else that you and your party demon rats are going to add into it others weren't swayed here's another one let's ask another freshman way to go media you're doing such a bang-up job here let's ask another freshman representative jihad omar the democrat from minnesota you know the anti-semite who is doing propaganda work on behalf of the uh, hostile nation of iran yeah, that one. Ilhan Jihad Omar said, we cannot continue to throw money at a dysfunctional system. We are not just asking for simple changes to be made into this bill, but to go back to the drawing board and really address this from a humanitarian issue. What does that mean? You know exactly what that means. What these demon rats want is flat-out open borders. They don't want these facilities to be funded with more money for more bed space. They want the facilities closed, and they want everybody to be released into the United States where they will be all become burdens on the state, where they will absorb American resources for, for, that are intended for Americans who are already struggling, homeless, veterans. Let's just bring in thousands. They're, they're talking about a million this year alone more that can't read English, can't speak English, are unemployable, unless, of course, they're taking the manual labor, no-skill jobs that, uh, sadly a number of American minorities rely upon, but it, it, they're going to rely on subsidized housing, subsidized food, subsidized child care, subsidized health care, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar told Fox News Monday that the situation at the border is dire, said the HHS shelters are at capacity, and the but it's not just at capacity, it's three times capacity, Alex. Already covered that part. Congress plans to leave Washington for their recess, their week-long July 4th recess, uh, while lawmakers don't want to depart without acting on the legislation for fear of being accused of not responding to the humanitarian problems, it seems unlikely that Congress will have time to send a House-Senate compromise to Trump by the end of the week. In other words, it will continue, and the Democrats will, for the course of their uh, break, will go out into their districts and give speeches, particularly those who are running for president, and scream about the um, horrific conditions imposed not by them, but by the Trump administration, because that's how this works. It's 930. If you want to be heard today, you're going to have to dial the phone, 216-901-0945, 1110 The Bob France Authority, back after the news. News, opinion, insight. This is AM 14... Thirty-five. We continue on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. So we've been telling you now all month, and we are really, really down to crunch time right now. All right, about ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Our month-long appeal 
that we as a company and as multiple Salem radio stations across this country, we have been partnering with ADF to try to help them continue in their wonderful ministries work on defensive people or in defense of people who cannot defend themselves against um, uh, political correctness, against uh, political agendas that are being advanced, particularly when they are religious liberty cases. Alliance Defending Freedom is re- representing so many people uh, across this country free of charge. But as you know, it is not free to file um, lawsuits and to follow those through the appeals processes all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. And so we have been trying to raise money to help Alliance Defending Freedom. When I say crunch time, this is June 25th. We have five days, friends. We have five days. And we are behind the clock or behind the, the tote board, whatever you want to say, on the clock. Because we need 12 people in the next five days to donate $100 each. That's going to bring us to our goal. We need 12 people for our station's portion of this. I need you to step up in defense of people. Like, for example, a story that you've heard before that I have talked about before. The story of young girls who are trying to, I don't know, just compete as the law allows them to do by way of Title IX laws and who are seeing their opportunities to compete in high school, uh, in, uh, in athletic competitions taken away from them by biological males in violation of Title IX. Young athletes like Selena Soul being represented by Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys who filed a lawsuit on June 17th to the U.S. Department of Education Office for Civil Rights asking uh, for it to investigate illegal discrimination against these Connecticut athletes, which, of course, this is happening all across the country. And joining us now to give us more information on that is uh, Denise Harley. She is one of the attorneys for Selena Soul, working on behalf of uh, these athletes uh, at Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, uh, thanks very much for joining us, Denise. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing great this morning. How are you? I'm good, thank you. This is a Title IX discrimination complaint. Can you remind all of our listeners, Denise, what Title IX is? Absolutely. Well, you nailed it. Girls deserve to compete on a level playing field, and women fought long and hard for that opportunity. Uh, Title IX was uh, enacted almost 50 years ago, and it ensures that girls and young women won't be discriminated against in athletics and education. But unfortunately, some states like Connecticut are allowing biological males to compete against biological females, which, of course, is completely unfair, and it destroys the girls' opportunities. When you say it destroys their opportunities, let's talk a little bit more about that. Why is it important for these girls who are, let's say, capable of winning championships at their interscholastic competitions or finishing, say, in the top three, but when they run against biological boys who have a natural physical advantage, they finish outside of the top three or five or six or whatever the case might be. Why is that uh, such an important issue? Well, let me give you the example of my client, Selena. She has been training as a runner for years and years. She gets up early in the morning. She sweats. She juggles her studies. She pours her heart out into her craft and practicing. She's very, very good. But Selena missed out on advancing to the next level in the state competitions by two spots because those top two spots were taken by by biological males who identified as females. And that meant Selena didn't get to go on to the competition where the college recruiters and scouts were there. She could potentially be missing out on scholarships, and who knows what opportunities might follow from that. 
That's exactly where I was hoping you were going to take this, because people just think, oh, my gosh, it's a sporting event. Who cares? And, and the answer is that these kids care, as you pointed out, uh, who work their tails off uh, to potentially uh, be noticed by college recruiters who say, hey, we'd like for you to come and run, jump, or whatever your case, whatever your, your event might be, for us uh, at, at, our, at our college and university, and we'll pay you money to come and do that. So uh, th- this is being taken away from them by biological boys. Now, tell me, what is the argument that the state is making that uh, – uh, defends the uh, the participation of the biological boys in girls' events? So far, they've pretty much avoided uh, discussing or explaining their reasoning. Um, obviously, we've seen a lot of social pressure in recent years for, uh, surrounding transgender issues, but Selena's parents went to the school about a year ago and tried very hard. They, they got a petition among other parents. They tried to have an honest conversation about this and the fact that not only biology, but also common sense says that boys shouldn't be competing against girls in athletics. And the state has been very resistant to sort of touching that, that issue because it relates to transgenderism. And, you know, as Selena says, it's demoralizing when at the beginning of a race, you already know who's going to win. One of these boys has now taken 10 of the state records that previously were held by 10 different girls in one year. He just demolished these records. Yeah, and all of these girls who worked their, uh, their 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 behinds off in order to achieve these things now see their names erased from the record books, erased from the top of the charts by this uh, by these boys. Now, what the left often says, those who defend and uh, encourage this. Um, elimination of women's sports and i'm not trying to be overly overly dramatic here and i'm not trying to be hyperbolic it is this will lead if this is not stopped in courts which is why you're there denise harley from alliance defending freedom this will lead to the end of women's sports uh women will will stop uh, you know girls will stop participating will stop competing when they know they cannot win uh, and that is going to lead to smaller and smaller participation it's going to lead to sports being wiped out title nine will mean nothing um, and and that's the the, the danger here. Uh, but the de- the uh, the left says that hey, they're they're taking hormone blockers. The boys they're 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 trying to transition to become women uh, or females or girls or whatever. So they're taking hormone therapy, and that levels the playing field. That's their argument. Uh, how are you going to respond to that, Denise? Well, we haven't seen the science bear out on any of those. You know, the idea that taking hormone blockers can transform a male into a female. But beyond that, just look at what happened this season. These, these two boys took, now they hold more than 15 statewide records by a significant margin. They crushed the competition. They came in first and second in many, many events. So it's pretty obvious <laughs> that it's not a level playing field. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know about the science of hormone blockers, as you pointed out, but what we do know science has proven is that boys have physical advantages over girls. It's just that simple. It's not It's not a sexist thing to say. That is a recognition of human physiology, human biology, and human anatomy. Boys have are bigger, stronger. They have thicker bone density. Uh, they have more lung capacity. They have more, you know, it's in their, their bodies are just built for more physical things than women are. It's just the way, that, it's the way that God designed it. Uh, and to think that that we can just give give these boys pills or shots and make them girls or vice versa is just it's lunacy. It's laughable. And I would hope that you don't need to go to three or four different levels of of, tr- of trial when you start this process to get judge, a judge to rule that and, uh, and and to put an end to this nonsense. I'm glad you mentioned God's design, because we know that 
testosterone can be detected in the womb at nine weeks. So you imagine these young men have had significant amounts of testosterone pumping through their system. They've grown over the years much larger muscles. They have greater bone density. They have greater size and strength, even hearts and lungs. So years and years of male development is not going to be quickly offset by taking some, you know, shots or drugs. This is um, this. So, you know, we hope we don't have to rely on the science because I think we can just look at the language of Title IX and say the whole point of this was to allow young women to have equal opportunities. We're just asking for fairness for Selena to get the shot to potentially play at the college level, maybe become a coach and enjoy all the the mentoring and the camaraderie Mm -hmm. and the health benefits and everything that comes along with getting to participate in athletics. Things they deserve, things they absolutely deserve to have uh, an opportunity to to achieve and to and to experience. That's exactly right. And I was about to say, this is just in its infancy, really. I mean, this is a 2017 law that the state of Connecticut passed, allowing boys to compete here. Uh, and there's already it's already happening in many many states. Five years from now, if we don't put an end to this now, five years from now, uh, Denise Harley, who is the attorney representing Selena Soul in uh, the state of Connecticut in this case. For Alliance Defending Freedom, five years from now, how will girls' sports look if we don't put a stop to this now? Um, I think you're right to say that they would potentially be eliminated. I, it's difficult to think of a sport in which females would have any physical advantage over boys. And the demoralizing aspect would very quickly erode girls' confidence and interest in these sorts of things. So that's why we took the initiative to go ahead and go right to the federal government and initiate a Title IX investigation into Connecticut. This is the first case of its kind that we're aware of, and we're hoping that this will send a message to the 17 other states that are now allowing boys to compete against girls in girls' sports. Right, so as you proceed, we're very proceed with this. As you proceed with this uh, this case in representing Selena Soul there in Connecticut, Denise, um, are you getting support, and is she getting support from women? Because one would think that women, particularly feminists, who were largely responsible for the implementation of Title IX to give girls an equal shot and a level playing field, one would think that uh, you know that women and feminists would come out in defense of Selena and you in this case. Is that happening? Mm. The good news is she's receiving overwhelming support from uh, female athletes across the state, all of her teammates. Um, lots and lots of support from the community. The sad part is, just as you said, I, I'm, we're sitting here asking, where are the women's rights groups? Right. Uh, the ACLU has actually spoken out on behalf of the transgender um, individuals and said that it's violating their Title IX rights to not be able to compete as girls, which um, hurts your brain if you think about it for too long. So it's, it's really unfortunate to see something so central to women's rights and women's equality to not have that spoken up for by feminists and other women's rights groups. Yeah, that's 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 unbelievable. Uh, and you're right, it can make your brain hurt. Uh, there's already smoke coming out of my ears as it grinds to a halt here trying to figure that out. We are going to take away actual women's rights because we don't want to take away the rights of boys who think they're women. Um. Yeah, that's that's just mind-boggling. Uh, where is the case in its um, uh, in its uh, process uh, as far as you know? What's the next step? When do you have a hearing or anything like that? So the complaint we filed 
will be directly with the Office of Civil Rights, which means they will initiate an investigation into the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Association, and we hope to avoid having to go to court. So what we are looking for in the next few months to potentially, could potentially be as long as two years, is a ruling by the Office of Civil Rights that this policy violates Title IX, and that will essentially be an instruction from the federal government for Connecticut to reverse its policy and restore a level playing field. Alliance Defending Freedom is there for Selena Soul. They are there for this, uh, for all of these female athletes whose rights are being uh, threatened and who are being, quite frankly, revoked by these ridiculous policies that allow males and boys to participate in their sports. The question is, is will you be there for Alliance Defending Freedom? Uh, that's why this campaign comes in. We need you. We knew. I, I do. I, I need 12 people between now and the end of this month, which is five days away, to come up with $100 each for Alliance Defending Freedom to make this work. They rely upon us. They rely upon us and our charity because they are a charity. They are a ministry, and they are providing these legal services free of charge to people like Selena who are being victimized by these ridiculously politically correct and political agendas uh, that uh, that we're discussing. Denise Harley, I really appreciate you coming on and, again, explaining what's going on with Selena. Selena and uh, the other girls who are uh, in Connecticut. This impacts, obviously, 49 other states as well. So I wish you the very best of luck, and please keep us posted, all right? Thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate it. God bless everything that you and uh, Alliance Defending Freedom are doing. Here's how you donate that $100. It's 800-691-8969. 800-691-8969. Uh, and you can also go to our website, which is whkradio.com. There's a, a banner at the top of the page. Can't miss it. It says Alliance Defending Freedom. And it takes you to the Freedom Fund page, which is where you can donate. What does your donation buy? Liberty, justice, rights, freedoms. That's what your 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 donation buys. If you're interested, I don't know. You can spend a hundred bucks on a lot of things. I don't know if anything you can buy in any retail store or any Amazon.com website is going to be more important than freedom. That's what your donation will buy. I need you a hundred dollars, please. It's tax deductible. Eight hundred six nine one eight nine six nine. Call that number now or log on to whkradio.com and make that donation. We'll be right back. Nine fifty-four. We roll onward. Peter Kirsten now about fourteen minutes away, sixteen minutes away. See, I can do math really, really well. Uh, at ten ten, it will be sixteen minutes from now. Anyway, um, I want to give you a little bit more on the immigration issue that I was discussing before we pivoted to the Alliance defending freedom. Uh, ridiculous uh, cases that they have had to deal with. Um, Acting ICE Director uh, Mark Morgan was on Fox and Friends today, and he's talking about the border detention facilities that are uh, being so criticized roundly by Democrats as being inhumane, and essentially they don't want them fixed up. It would take money to fix them up. They want them closed down so that people would just be released. Let's just bring thousands and thousands of more people, 15,000 being held in facilities designed for 4,000. <laughs> he would just rather have them released into the United States. But Mark Morgan is a unique guy. Why? Because he's been appointed by two different presidents with two very different ideologies and two very different mindsets. He was appointed first by Barack Obama, now by President Donald Trump 
as the acting ICE director. So he's not partisan. This isn't about trying to make Democrats look bad or trying to make Republicans and Trump look good. Mark Morgan has worked for two different presidents. He is simply about results and facts. And this is what he had to say about the detention centers on our southern border. But specifically with kids, we do want kids out of those facilities. Kids should not be in those facilities. But again, this comes down to funding. We've been pleading with Congress to pass this supplemental so we can get the kids out of there. And they've been sitting on their hands. It's. And then, and then they vilify Border Patrol and ICE when they could solve this problem. More? There's absolutely some truth to that. And that's why we've been asking Congress for a very long time to pass this supplement. Again, the Border Patrol stations, they were designed for adults, yeah. to only for a few hours and, and be removed. They're over, I mean, they are overcrowded. They, they've got hundreds of, uh, of children in there. We don't want them in those conditions either. We want to get them out of there. Tens of thousands of them are showing up at our southern border and then turning themselves in, and we have no choice but to hold them because we cannot adjudicate their cases or or, or listen to their asylum claims on just a moment's notice. It takes time, so they get added to the pile and the crush of people, and then they want to blame Trump for it. They want to blame Trump for it. Mark Morgan. It put agents and officers' lives in jeopardy by leaking that information out, and, yeah. and I hope we're able to find out uh, how and... and, and uh, uh, when this happened. Well, my apologies. That comment that Mark Morgan made was about the, the uh, raids that President Trump has talked about. The president has said, we are going to have deportation raids. We're going to ask ICE to start rounding up people whose final determinations of deportation have been given. No more uh, Mr. Nice Guy. we got to get them in, get, uh, uh, get them rounded up, and get them out of here. That's what the law uh, requires. And Mark Morgan is speaking specifically to Democrats and media who are doing everything they can to try to... Um, obstruct ICE agents in doing their jobs. They're, they're on Twitter and social media giving advice and tips on how to avoid ICE and how to avoid being deported because they don't want the rule of law to be applied and to be enforced in the United States. They want their own political advantages. That takes precedent to them, or that is more important to them than the rule of law. I don't think it would be appropriate for me in this position, Steve, to, to talk about the discussions that I'm having with, with the acting secretary or uh, anyone from the White House. I, I think those need to stay privileged. Uh, Mark Morgan was talking about um, the breach because um, uh, there, there, quite frankly, has been uh, leaks on the plans for the large-scale immigration enforcement raids, where they're going to be targeted, what locations. And these uh, these leaks essentially are a serious breach, uh, quite frankly, in the federal government. I don't think it would be a pro- no, I heard that already. What I can say is that information, detailed information about the operation was leaked. It, it, it was out there, and that's egregious. The, the, the operation was compromised, and when that happens, the lives of, of agents and officers are absolutely put at risk, and, and that was egregious, and, and we're taking a look at that. And you should, and hopefully uh, people who are responsible for that leak will be held accountable uh, uh, in a court of law. Now, as for the actual... Um, Spending bill, again, we've been discussing this morning that Nancy Pelosi really is trying to do the right thing on. She's trying to get her caucus to to push forward and at least have a vote on funding uh, an expansion of the border detention facilities because of the conditions being as bad as they are. But she can't get anything done because her party will not allow her uh, to do that. Her party... And the demon rats really all over the country are, of course, backing them on this. They don't want any funds to be provided. They simply want the doors to be kicked open. 
at the southern border and everybody to allowed to come in at their leisure. Um, here's a report on that from the uh, from Fox News. Migrant children have been removed from a remote border patrol station in Texas after they were found without adequate food, sanitation, and water. Many were sick with the flu. Acting ICE Director Mark Morgan calling on Congress to provide funding to help, telling Fox and friends. We don't want them in those conditions either. We want to get them out of there, but we need funding so HSS can get the adequate bed space. There's only one party that is trying to help those kids. And it isn't the party that is screaming into every microphone and camera that they can find that the kids are in danger. It's the party that's trying to get it funded and also trying to get Congress to get off of their lazy demon rat arses and pass asylum reform. Fix the asylum loopholes for crying out loud. All right, just scratching the surface. That might not sound like it because we hit a lot there, but uh, we are just scratching the surface. Much more in-depth coming after the news when Peter Kirsten now joins us 